Descent Podcast. Okay, we're live. Welcome back to You Deserve a Drink, the Scent Podcast that talks about everything on scent and everything cool about scent and everything around scent. As always, I'm joined with Rizzle. What's going on, Rizzle? How are you, man? Back again with uh, a little bit of controversy to discuss this week, which is always sort of exciting, especially when you're not caught up in it. Yeah, man. Well, I first came across the fake crypto art scandal, I guess, uh, maybe a couple of days ago on Twitter, crypto Twitter to be specific. I think Trevor Jones was the first one that put this out there, but apparently some rogue account from Additional had been copying and like taking pictures of either physical art or like using screenshots of digital uh, works and, and selling them or trying to sell them on OpenSea. And a bunch of people, Prometheus, Tom Bradley, were up in arms uh, about this. And people like Miss Al Simpson, a bunch of other artists were calling on OpenSea to act. And to their credit, it seems that OpenSea acted pretty quickly and blacklisted uh, accounts coming from additional so that no buyers would be affected by by this sort of behavior. But it it opened up a box that had not been open before on the crypto art scene, talking about what to do with, first of all, bad actors that are trying to sell fake art or copied art that wasn't created by them, and what to do in terms of the provenance of crypto art. Like, do we need like certificates of authenticity for crypto art? Connie came out saying that crypto artists should probably all have their own smart contract to mint from so that they can, I guess, have a a closer connection with the the art that they're creating. But what I'm looking for to come out of all this is just better solutions regarding identity, basically, and some cool solutions by marketplaces just to, to help ferret out some of the bad actors that may be popping up. But also it highlights how a project like Super Rare has kind of got this right because Super Rare, they're highly selective. They have a curated list of about like 171 amazing artists. You know, anything on Super Rare is pretty much guaranteed to be digital art gold for the most part because these artists that get whitelisted, they're incentivized to to not screw around and post other people's work. Um, So for, for the time being, they definitely seem to be a great working model. But how about you from your vantage point seeing this hubbub arise? What's your take on this fake crypto art situation? I mean, I feel like this was bound to happen, right? I mean, there's there's enough money flowing into this space suddenly that it, I feel like it's it's almost similar to the conversation we were having last week about the bots on scent. It's like when, once the, the scammers show up, they're, they're not showing up because there's not money to be made. They're, they're showing up because something is going on. So... You know, I, I sort of feel like this was this was bound to happen. There, there's too many platforms out there with like too loose restrictions on on who gets on them, and you know this is going to force platforms' hands to to start getting it right. I don't know where the the line gets drawn though, because this this does like get into this whole like protecting intellectual property versus other people profiting off of it conversation, and like the line in like the art art world is like razor thin between what is someone else's intellectual property and what you can do with it, and then call it your art. So, you know where where is the line with who you let in if they're just taking someone's 
like in real life art and throwing like a, a, a glitchy, you know, gift twitch on it or whatever. Is that enough of a change to call it their art? Would that be accepted to certain platforms because they're changing the original piece enough to then call it, you know, their own piece? So I, I don't know. I, I feel like super rare is super selective. And so when you're that like high end with who you choose to bring on your platform, you don't really have to worry about them like profiting off of other people's work. They, they pretty much know what they're getting. Um, but some of these other sites seem to have like hundreds and hundreds of users just throwing stuff up like all the time. And uh, the vetting process is going to be really interesting to see like what makes the cut and in terms of like what's art and what is now just considered like a poor graphic design attempt that isn't going to make it. I don't see how this doesn't end up with like KYC on like all the the major platforms basically because uh, I don't know how they you know long term game if enough money flows in in this direction. I don't know how they protect themselves from like litigation and everything, you know, and, and we were having this conversation earlier. Like if someone starts, you know, throwing glitchy Mickey Mouse's up there, they may be able to make a convincing argument that they've adapted Mickey Mouse enough to be considered its own work of art. But Disney doesn't give a shit and they'll like rake you over the coals in court, even, even if you're right, like you don't want to mess with their litigation team. So I don't know. It, it's, this is part of like, this is growing pains in any like growing space. Like, you know, so I, I guess I feel like something like this had to happen, but where the line gets drawn is, is going to be the interesting part. And I'm sure it'll be different from platform to platform. What do you think? Will you bring up a, a separate but related issue of like what happens when some artists take something like that has very well entrenched copyright protections or IP protections, like a, a Mickey Mouse or something Disney related and, and tries to make art, but Disney sees it and is like, hey, you're just infringing upon my copyright for Mickey Mouse or Minnie Mouse or whatever. That will be interesting when that happens. And I'm sure that will happen. But taking it back to the artist's perspective, I know a lot of artists are like really worried about having their art copied and sold by someone else on, on the internet. But I feel like that reaction is very much of like the old school, right? So artists, they're very historically like underprotected and they got fucked over a lot. They had very little recourse to say that, hey, that was my art first. Like it's hard, like you don't timestamp reality, right? But with the blockchain and with NFTs and crypto art, like a lot of those old world challenges are kind of like moot, right? Artists like Cody, they have an associated, at least in the context of super rare, an associated crypto ETH address that they use to mint all of their works that, that gets put out there. And then not just on super rare, but uh, on the NFT aggregating sites like OpenSea that have their time-stamped projects out there. So if someone were to copy one of the images of Cody's work, for example, which happened, one of these bad actors from Additional apparently did that. If you're a good buyer, you would say, okay, where is the originating ETH address for this work? Oh, that's weird. That's not associated with any other work that Cody has on Super Rare. This seems shady. I should not spend a lot of money on this like $5 Cody, which is like too good to be true. You know what I mean? Uh, I feel like the problem that people are upset about is solved by blockchain and crypto art, but the problem is there's not really good tools or 
tools that are well known enough for people to check these addresses that are associated with these artists. And then on the flip side for the artists themselves, um, there's not a good way to kind of spread the awareness that, hey, check that my originating address is with this art, especially if you're buying something on the secondary market, right? Like the tools are there, just they're not well distributed. For copies of like physical art, like what happened to Trevor Jones, who's a crypto artist, but he's mainly known for his physical work. That's a stickier wicket. But I feel like that also highlights the fact that everything that can be tokenized or put on the blockchain or made into an NFT will be made into an NFT. So for artists that are out there that aren't really into crypto art yet, it would probably just behoove them to to speed up their act and get everything that they, uh, that they own onto the blockchain just so that they can have their digital reputation kind of at least set up for whenever they want to make that transfer later on. It's kind of like where, where my mind's on it. Yeah, like I was saying, I mean, it was bound to happen. Uh, it, it does all these interesting like challenges are starting to like, you know, rise as, as more and more attention and, and money flows into the space. I really feel like the ownership is on the platforms, honestly, because as someone who like buys crypto art, there's no way I'm like going to go back and research the originating ETH addresses and everything. And and I I have been naive to some extent to, uh, you know, assume that the platforms are doing their due diligence and making sure like the place doesn't get flooded with bullshit. But but I feel like this is what always happens, and I I feel like let's say the the they move in the directions of like you know artists providing KYC in, in order to be able to list their stuff or whatever. I feel like that's only it only lends like more credibility and legitimacy to the space in general, and and inherently filters out anything that hasn't already been like pre validated that's real. So. I don't know, man. I feel like a, a giant hypocrite as like someone who's like a big fan of crypto, like pitching KYC as as a good thing that would actually be beneficial. But in, in this situation, I feel like so much of what's interesting rests on the knowledge of knowing that you're getting what you're expecting to get and not some knockoff bullshit, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, it would be crypto KYC, right? So it would just be like individuals that are putting out work with a particular address. Somehow for through whatever means, like that address is just whitelisted on these other sites and these are marketplaces. And then people can just say, this has been validated. Like this is a super rare artist. They're whitelisted on known origin, open sea. Like you can quickly just check that that is the case. And I hope they do that soon because the only way that people can try to make money off these fakes is by really trying to have like the same thing, right? And say, this is a quality. I own it. Like, you should buy it for me. I'll sell it to you like on a discount. But they can't do that if that quality, there's no check mark next to it as, as being originating from that verified address. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and that basically solves you know everything i i feel like and then then you know what you're getting you you don't want to have to worry about like is this a real something and and you know places like open sea which, which like you said to their credit have stepped up and and are you know weeding through all these uh you know interesting situations but this is this is like the mad rush of shit coins back uh, a few years ago the cream will rise to the top and the rest of the stuff uh, will will you know fizzle out eventually but help me out, man. You referenced Connie's post and I saw Connie's post and I'm not an artist. I have no idea what the hell Connie's talking about. And it was, it was only a sentence. And I was like, dude, I don't get it. <laughs> it's like, but I haven't had to. And I, you know, I'm assuming if you're an artist, 
you have some idea of how to create your own like smart contract or at least like how a smart contract works. Um, can you, I feel like I have like a super basic idea, but can you do me like a explain it like I'm five type of thing with Connie's post? So basically what I understand from like artists owning their own smart contract to mint their own work, uh, there's certain sites like Mintbase, right? That provide tools for artists to mint their own work with their own smart contract. So you go to their, their, their sites, you can sign up to make your own smart contract and they just make it trivially easy so that you own that, like you own the private key to that smart contract so that you can mint through that. Um, and then Meaning you can use that. What exactly? Like what does the smart contract allow you to do like with, or, or what is, what are the benefits of creating your own versus getting like a stock one from somewhere else or something and uh, how this works from like platform to platform. And, and I don't know, maybe we need to get like Connie in here to like break it down for us. Yeah. I'm probably going to just have Connie explain it in his own words, but I, I feel like it's a really trivial distinction and I'm not sure like how much of a benefit it actually is. And even in the case of super rare, where you don't own the super rare smart contract, artists have their own associated ETH addresses that they use to mint the art so that they're always associated with the art uh, from that origin part, which is the most important part, which I think is what Connie's driving at, but it's not like entirely clear. Just, I mean, again, like other, he, he he's talking about other projects like mint base allow artists to own that smart contract after they create it that they can then mint crypto art with. But again, I'm not sure what the the big deal is with that because with that art that you create, if you wanted to upload it to super rare, you still need to utilize that different smart contract. You know what I mean? Call to action to Connie, man, break it down. Cause if we, if we don't understand it, you know, like a whole lot of other people don't understand it and Connie's in deep and, it seems like this is common knowledge to Connie and, and I, I'm in pretty deep and I am like totally clueless. So I, I feel like there's, there's gotta be more of us out there who need like a, a sort of breakdown from Connie. Uh, but it, all this whole, all these conversations, you know, all sort of like fall back into this, like how do you protect your intellectual property, uh, you know, versus having other people profit off of it. I do feel like I agree with what you're saying that the the blockchain has solved a lot of these problems that were inherent in the art community from like the creation of time. You know what I mean? If if someone uh, makes like a color print of your artwork in in real life and just goes to like a auction or a flea market or something and and sells it, they they could be doing that for years before you have any idea of what the hell is going on. You know what I mean? And so there's no doubt that this was going to happen and, and people have to figure out how to protect themselves. But I feel like once, once people figure that out and there, and it's streamlined to some extent for new artists coming on board, it's going to be like reasonably bulletproof. I mean, you can't, you can't really like fuck with the blockchain, right? It's like the, it it shows it all. Exactly. And then just like for projects like super rare, Known Origin, I believe, and, and OpenSea that provide artist royalties for secondary art sales that are made within those marketplaces. That's huge for artists that, I mean, that's something that hasn't existed and has been just kind of like the biggest fuck you, I think, to artists that they, like, especially you, you see like $90 million sales and like 
softies, right, from a particular artist, and that artist gets zero <laughs> of that art because someone else had bought it previously. That's crazy, right? And marketplace crypto art sites like the ones I mentioned kind of solve that. And then the next thing that is really interesting is like in VR, sites like CryptoVoxels that could potentially enable renting of these uh, crypto artworks. Like maybe something's too expensive for you to own, but you're launching a new store in CryptoVoxels and you really wanted some attention because, and a way to do that is by posting the most expensive crypto artwork up to that point. You can rent that potentially. And that's another way that the owner of the art could potentially benefit, but also just the artists themselves. If the contract is set up in such a way that the artist gets like a percentage of whatever is rented, like that's, that's awesome. That's another totally brand new revenue stream. Potentially. I feel like that's all the upside, a potential upside is so exciting. This, this very temporary, but understandable uproar about fakes and how to deal with copyright issues in crypto art they'll be solved. And I mean, just, there's just so much more upside there has to be solved uh, to get there. Yeah. The, I mean, the concept of like ongoing royalties and, and everything for artists, uh, I mean, is, is huge. It, exactly like what you're saying. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy that some of this art can like sell for so much money and, you know, the artists, you know, back when they created it, sold it for like 50 bucks or something like that. And gets like, you know, maybe they, they sell a few of their newer pieces for, for a decent amount, but Ongoing royalties is is a game changer, and I I, I want to say like DJ Lethal Skills is is essentially like doing something similar to that concept in the music space with his platform that he's working on, and it's it's just amazing to me like the the application of the blockchain for artists, which seems like they're worlds that are so far apart. Uh, when in actuality, it may be one of the most like practical applications uh, of the blockchain that people can understand in real life um, is, is uh, I don't know, just fascinating. And only, like you said, only has like huge upsides for uh, artists and creators and, and stuff as, uh, as this space uh, you know, continues to catch fire. Um, yeah. Awesome, man. Yeah, man. Were there any posts on Scent, I guess, within the last week that piqued your interest that you want to talk through a little bit more? Yeah, of course. Uh, I really like Astrozac had a recent post and and he's had a lot of good uh, recent uh, posts that he sort of came up uh, recently as uh, a good content creator. Uh, Digital art, system, not style, just sort of talking through the creative process um, and, and his like understanding of the creative process and understanding of his creative process. And uh, I don't know, man, I, every now and again, we get like these cool posts that are very interesting looks into the brain of the artists themselves and everything, which is always fascinating for me um, because he's sort of talking about like repetition and having like a structured routine and how that's sort of like, cultivates uh or can cultivate a certain style and i i think of people when when i think about that i think of people like matthias c who's like you know a matthias c piece when you see one right he's like super methodical he's got a very distinct style um and, and like skinny too even though skinny's sort of like branching out with some of his um his nude sketches and everything which, which are awesome i managed to scoop a couple of those up um, but but Skinny's got like a super distinct style 
himself. And, and it's very methodical. He likes to do his skulls and his skeleton sketches. Um, and they're all done in the same type of way. And he's like really, really refined it. Uh, and then you've got artists on like the total other end of the spectrum who I feel like totally balk at the whole like structure routine. Not, not that they don't ever practice it, but I, I, th- I think of like love art hate. Who's like constantly trying something different. Not, not one piece looks like the other, um, you know, and is, is more like a tinkerer than, uh, than someone who's like going to pick a lane and stick to it. So I, I just thought that was a really cool, uh, look into the mind of like artists and, and how they sort of craft their style and, and everything. Um, the, the other one that really stuck out to me, um, which was, I don't know, it was just really funny to me, Rocky Outcrop, who, uh, he, he sort of started up with a typo in his name, Rocky Alcrop, and, and just sort of, uh, made a bounty post and like rage quit because he couldn't like, he just couldn't take seeing the typo over and over again. And I had like a, a very funny exchange with Kaividi, uh, in the comments section of that post, just sort of, uh, you know, speculating on what his name was really supposed to be. And, uh, you know, just laughing at the fact that that, you know, was the straw that broke the camel's back. And he just like must have must have spent all the money he had made up until that point on a bounty for that rage quit and came back as Rocky Outcrop. But I just I I just thought that post was so funny because I I feel like I'm the exact same way. Like if I did it with a typo, eventually I would just get so annoyed that I like couldn't take it anymore and would have to like start from scratch. So I. I really, really thought that was a funny uh, post and I identified with, with the sentiment uh, of the whole thing. Yeah. I, I always thought he was like French or something like that. I didn't, I never saw that. <laughs> <laughs> and when I saw Alcrop, I'm like, Alcrop? Oh, you're not French. Okay. <laughs> no, it turns out he's a really great writer and, and everything. No, he's, he's, and, awesome. Uh, he's awesome. Yeah. Go ahead. What about you, man? No, I also had that AstroZach piece on my list too. He he's an awesome new user. He's super passionate, and like to everything that you said, yes, a hundred percent. And I just feel like the more conversations that we can have about like these artistic journeys uh, that all of us are on, uh, and creative journeys more broadly, uh, it just it's better for everyone else that doesn't really self-identify potentially as a creator, or if they do identify as a creator, um, it'll help them see that a lot of the things that they're struggling with other people have struggled with and questioned before and it's okay to question and actually the questioning is the best way to get the answers uh, to what to what you're looking for but up until now like outside of scent there really hasn't been like a lot like maybe any site uh for for creatives to to really get together it in like any sizable number to really talk about their processes, how they think through their, their art. Um, especially like now that we're, we're talking about crypto art where everything can be sold right away. Like what are your selling philosophies? How do you price your work? Um, just like the business side of it, um, having more of these discussions is so fascinating uh, and super helpful for everyone that's coming into the space. Other than that Astro Zach piece, Conlin uh, talked about, putting together a recurring art discussion meetup in crypto voxels that I'm super down for. I think a lot of other people will be down for them. So waiting for further scheduling there. And then also linked with Conlin uh, and uh, several others on scent 
in CryptoVoxels, there's going to be some sort of wearable contest. There's going to be some ETH prizes, some crypto art given away for people that make the most baddest ass, cool, dope wearables for the CryptoVoxel world. Sent sponsoring a large part of those ETH prizes. So look for, for more, more news about that dropping as it comes in, but it should be dropping soon. And I know Conlon's super, super active on Scent, on Twitter, in CryptoVoxels. So I'm sure there's a ton of breadcrumbs everywhere giving details about that. Who are the main like producers of the wearables right now? It seems like James SW has a big hand in it. No Shot is... No Shot's probably the biggest. Okay. Is it, is it both of them? No Shot hasn't, uh, hasn't been posting a ton about it. And I knew he was uh, behind the shoes and everything. Um, so I, I wasn't sure like who was cranking out the most because now I'm seeing like so much stuff like like briefcases and <laughs> like so many uh, interesting things popping up. They're the most prominent, but I, okay. I know a lot of the people within CV like they're just they're doing their own wearables. Like everyone's designing their own shit. I know Sparrow, she did like her wings and her yeah, roller skates. <laughs> Um, yeah, so everyone's doing a lot of stuff, but in terms of like the brand, no shot is definitely like far and away, like killing everyone. Kai Vidi, his, um, CCC mug is also very, very prominently known within CV. So he, cool. he's definitely got some good brand awareness. Awesome. Yeah, man. You want to get on the centerpiece? Yeah. My centerpiece of the week was James SW's piece by piece. It was like a really beautiful stained glass piece of crypto art that he had on uh, sale on unknown origin. I'm currently the top bidder. I'm hoping that I remain the top bidder before it ends on the third, but I really didn't know how much I missed like church and stained glass windows, I guess. Cause when I saw this piece, I immediately felt like nostalgic for that. If you look at his piece, it's really cool. He actually combined two previous works of art that he had made onto this before overlaying that grid and stained glass effect um, to, to great effect. But that was my centerpiece of the week. What was yours? Awesome, man. I, I have to go with uh, M. Libti's hands-off Assange, uh, but mostly because of this like larger project he has going on. And, and I'm, yeah, M. Libti's kicking tires, man. He's, he's like doing some very interesting things with the uh, social currency. And, and basically what he has done is put out a diagram of these his one of his paper toys that he made uh, a long time ago and has put it out for free online and for people to print out and create their own and is rewarding people for sending him pictures of the ones that they have created on their own uh, and rewarding them in, in his social currency and someone someone did it and uh, created one and was rewarded in, in BPC. Uh, and, and the paper toy is really cool. It, this is not like a, you know, a, a sophisticated paper airplane. I mean, you need like an exacto knife and some, uh, time and patience to put one of these things together. But I just think it's re a really cool example of another artist thinking like way outside the box of how to utilize this social currency and make their art known, uh, you, you know, in this space and everything. And, you know, much, much like Connie is breaking ground in his own ways, I feel like M. Libti's got like a totally different angle and thing going on here. Um, and so I just thought it was a cool way to engage his audience. And I, 
I really wanted to make one, but then I saw this person who did make one and, and their cutout and everything. And I was like, man, I need to block off like a day and a half to like do this right. The last thing I want to do is make one of these things that sucks and then have to like be ashamed of <laughs> sending like M. Libty my picture or whatever. But again, man, an, uh, just another innovator and uh, interesting way to, you know, create in this crypto art space uh, on top of using the, the social currency. Awesome pick. M. Libt, again, like one of my favorite crypto artists, a consummate tire kicker. He is always pushing the limits of what you can do, um, always being funny, always being creative. I, I just love his aesthetic. Everything that he does from the paper toys to the shadows, like, I just want to throw money at him all the time, basically. Cool. Well, another solid episode, man. I, I Right now, we're recording the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday. I know Rizzle has to run and get into the long, crazy lines. You, you couldn't pay me enough money to get into that <laughs> madness. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, thanks again for another awesome show, man. Have an awesome weekend. All right, man. You too. Take it easy. Podcast. Podcast.